Welcome, everyone, to the Executive Athletes Podcast. I believe this is our 14th episode. I actually went out and counted them to make sure this is our 14th episode. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, again, thank you very much for all your feedback, questions, comments, concerns. We've been getting some great feedback from everyone out in Executive Athletes Nation as well as others because a lot of people have been sharing a lot of the advice from these great people. So keep on sharing the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it. Keep listening because um, we get some. We are have some amazing guests so far, but we have a lot of amazing guests signed up. So um, keep listening. And this week's guest is this guy's a total crazy man. Um, his name is Tra Travis Macy, and he's a professional endurance athlete. But on top of that, he's a speaker and consultant who lives to empower individuals and groups to help them reach their goals in business, education, athletics, and life. Um, I think through his years and years of endurance racing and adventure racing and mountain running, he has a lot of introspective time, but a lot of extra uh, extra perspective time as well and likes to share what he's learned through these adventures but he, a little bit about him professionally he's the director of macy consulting he provides customized support through keynotes workshops retreats coaching and independent college admissions counseling and his dynamic work compels executives to optimize results for themselves and their teams get their businesses to grow innovate and stand alone he also loves to get groups to embrace a vision and work together, helps athletes to reach unforeseen levels of fitness and wellness, and students to take the next step in their career or in their um, educational career. He has a couple of unique pieces that he focuses on as well. He helps parents to be more present, loving, and resilient. And I think probably everyone who's on this podcast can probably really use that. And he's actually created and, facilit uh, and has facilitated a unique and dynamic learning experience called the Ultra Mindset eCourse. And it's a 20 minute per day uh, platform that's amazing. But when, and we'll have Travis talk about it, but he wrote a book called The Ultra Mindset. And it talks about you know, him as an endurance champion and his eight core principles for success in business, sport, and life. And um, I was able to get an early copy of it from Travis. Actually, I got it from a mutual friend of ours, from James Kovacs. And there's an award-winning book that has inspired thousands. And it's probably one of the best sort of athlete slash motivation slash business book that brings everything to layman's terms. And right now, he's still a professional endurance athlete, you know, still racing and ultra running, but currently focusing in ultra distance mountain running. So pretty much he's a mountain goat. But he believes life's an adventure, and his goal is to help you get make the most out of yours. So Travis, thanks for being on this week's show and I, you know, give us a 5,000 foot overview of Travis Macy. Yeah. Well, Kim, thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to be here. And like I was telling you before we started recording uh, great job getting this podcast out there. I, I love listening to podcasts. I've already listened to a few in your series and um, I just really like the executive athletes uh, platform. You know, the, the LinkedIn group from what I can tell is one of the most uh, active, um, groups out there as far as people participating and, and commenting and, and I always enjoy the questions that you post on there because they're uh, you know compelling questions that I'm interested in answering and also interested in uh, seeing what other people have to say so it's awesome to um, be part of the community 
in this way. And um, yeah, you know about me, you uh, you covered most of it in the uh, bio there. Um, you know, I think in, in addition to the, that stuff, I'm also uh, just uh, a regular person. You know, sometimes we 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 see something, or you know, you read a resume or a bio or or a book or you see a video of someone and you know you you think someone's had a level of success whether it's in business or in athletics or any other area of life and you sort of think boy that person is uh special you know maybe they were born with something special that that got them there and I don't know if I could ever uh do that myself and you know I've come to believe that's that's just really not true. A lot of life is just how, how are you going to spend your time? And if you think carefully and plan out, and if you decide you want to spend your time really uh, trying to, to get good at something, um, you probably can. You know, a lot of it's just uh, committing to it and, and following through. So, you know, like, like anyone else, I, I have my ups and downs and, and uh, struggles and, and that's uh I, I think that that's life, and I think that it's important to remember that when, especially, you know, in a social media world, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or something like that, you know, you see someone else's highlight reel, and uh, I think it's important to remember that uh, life's not all the highlight reel, and, and there's there's ups and downs along the way. No, I think that's so true. It's that everyone, most people post the good. So you think everyone else's life is so much better than yours. In reality, they're posting the good to make themselves actually feel good and hopefully get some feedback where, you know, I think a lot of people are constantly, not that they're struggling, but life isn't all rainbows and picket fences and sunshine. And it's easy to get stuck in that. But it's, you know, in reality, I think I've sort of switched my mindset on it. There are people actually, instead of trying to do the one-upsmanship, I think they're actually doing it to, you know, for them to just actually feel good because it makes whatever they post feel good to them. And it's a, uh, it's a good way to share with other people. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, think so. And you're a dad, you're a coach, you're an athlete. You know, how do you fit it all in? Talk to, you know, give us what your typical day is like. What time do you get up? When do you train? When do you do all this stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we, we all have the same amount of time during the day. And like I said, it comes down to, I think a good first step is is thinking about what do you value and, and having conversations with, uh, you know, your, your family, spouse, other, other people in your life about, uh, you know, what do we value together and, and then moving from, uh, from there. And, and, and that can dictate what your day looks like. You know, one, one thing I often tell people is, you know, you could look at something like TV. I mean, they, they say the average American watches four hours of TV a day. And that's, you know, probably not true for most people listening to this podcast. But, you know, if, if someone did watch four hours of TV, well, you could cut that in half and spend two hours exercising and still get to watch two hours of TV a day. You could be an elite athlete, you know, just that one little, uh, one little shift. So, you know, if I if I look at my day, usually I, um, I I like to get up early. Probably like most of the listeners there, I, I find often in the morning I'm most creative and, and energetic and uh, kind of have clarity at that time. Um, usually I'll I'll do some uh, work early in the morning uh, from home before the family gets up. Often I'm doing uh, my my programming 
for the athletes I coach, you know, communicating with them, uh, putting in their, their training recommendations through, uh, through training peaks and, um, you know, kind of going through, through that creative stuff, maybe, maybe doing some writing, like I do a, uh, a monthly column in ultra running magazine and do some other, uh, writing. And I, I find that I like to do that in the morning. So do that at the start. Uh, then, the, the kids, uh, get up and, and we usually spend some time together, kind of do the morning routine, pack lunches, eat some breakfast, uh, get off to, to school. Um, most days I'll, I'll take the kids to school and then, um, train after that. So, uh, spend, um, you know, anywhere from an, an hour to three hours training, depending on what's coming up or, or what I have going on. Usually that training is right here around Evergreen, Colorado. I'm lucky to live in a, a great spot in the Rocky Mountains, but sometimes I'll, I'll drive uh, other places around here, whether it's Summit County or, or Leadville or, or another place. Um, and then after that, kind of another work period in, in the afternoon, you know, that's often when I do my uh, phone calls, whether it's athletes or business consulting, um, talking to potential clients, doing things like uh, this interview. And uh, then typically I, I, I pick up the kids uh, after school and we, we kind of have family time, evening, take the dog for a walk, eat some dinner, go to bed, do it again. That's kind of the typical uh, weekday plan. No, and that's great because it's all your priorities are taken care of, right? I always say, you know, people I talk to, what they talk about TV shows or any of that and like you, it's if I have two hours or four hours to sit and watch TV, you can become an elite athlete in that time. And I've actually said that that exact thing to so many people or watching a football game for four hours on Sunday. Think about what you could do. That's a four hour bike ride that, uh, <laughs> yep, that you yep. could go do and, and be back and be ready to go and see the highlight roll reel at the end. Um, you know, I'm a yep. big believe, you know, big believer in that as well. What do they call it? Tony Robbins calls it no extra time time. Do it when, you don't have any extra time or when you're out going for a run or a ride, you listen to a book on tape. So you're engaging your brain as well as your body through that. Type Absolutely. Of stuff. Yeah. I, I love audible. I mean, I'm, I'm a serial user of, of uh, audible and podcasts and I, I love learning when, when I'm out there or, or when I'm driving. And, and I think a lot of it, and probably this will resonate with a, a lot of listeners out there, again, people who've, who've had success professionally and or as an athlete is a lot of it's just your, your mindset. You know, do you, do you view your time as being abundant? And, and if you view your time as abundant, th then you'll be able to find uh, ways to, to do the things that you want to do. And, and again, nothing's, nothing's ever going to be perfect. I mean, it's, it's definitely a balancing act. I'll be the first to say that, uh, you know, having my, my kids are, are five and seven and they're, they're doing more stuff. And when they were little, they, you know, little kids have different needs. And, and that's definitely changed and impacted, you know, maybe how many races can I do a year? Uh, you know, I'm definitely not doing uh, as, as much of the, you know, week-long adventure races where, you know, you travel to some country for 10 days and, and do the race. I mean, for our family, that, that hasn't been as good of a fit. But I've been able to find other things uh, that, that I can do to, um, you know, keep me going as well. No, and that's the way I, it is for me as well. I do two or three big things a year, and that's about it. 
and then constantly train. I love to train and to be in shape because I think that's really some of my only alone time, number one. And number two, it's when I can really figure things out um, while you're out there. Sometimes I don't take anything with me, notebooks. I, I never really bring music, but it allows me to just hear you go deep in your own mind and between your own ears. And it's amazing the uh, problem solving you can do when you're by yourself out in the woods on a long run or even on the road. It doesn't matter where you are because just the fact that you're moving and your brain is in that spot. Absolutely. You see, you solve your problems. I mean, I have a lot of days where, you know, maybe I'm not having a good day and and I go out and I do some training. I come back and I literally feel like a different person. And there's, you know, there's, there's that great shift. and, And also, you know, I think about something like when, when I was writing my book, I mean, I feel like 90% of that book was written out on the trails, you know, whether it's just imagining stuff in my head and kind of doing some drafting, or like you said, actually pausing on the side of a trail to, to jot down some notes, uh, you know, on the, on the notepad and the phone there to make sure I capture these thoughts or phrases or ideas. I have to do that or I forget it. Right. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. or I'll, yeah. or I'll just, I'll, I'll do, I'll stop and do the physical piece of writing it down on the side of the road or just the initials of it. So the fact that yep. it came, you know, went and it was in my head and came out of my head actually helps me remember it even more. Um, I'm yep. a bit, you know, I end up, if I don't have my phone, if I'm just going for an hour or something like that, it's, I end up, all right, here's the, here's, I got to remember the three, three ideas and here's the initials for each one. And this one's R, yeah. this one's T and this one's M. And then at that yep. point I can remember. So at that point I only need to remember RTM for the next, you know, for the next 30 minutes of my run. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like it. <laughs> so you're a leader, a kick-ass multi-sport athlete, a mentor to countless athletes as well as business people, you know, throughout your career, and throughout your racing career, what do you think makes people successful, both professionally and personally, as well as athletically? Boy, that's a that's a great question. And I mean, I think uh, you know the the long answer, I guess at least regarding mindset, would would be kind of those some of those ideas that that you mentioned uh, that I, I've written about in my book. You know, the the importance of uh, commitment, the, uh, the the scripts that are going through our head, uh, learning from other people, finding a, uh, a carrot, you know, a, a certain kind of, uh, motivation, um, you know, and, and really when, when you've committed to something big that you're really into, um, having that, that never quit, uh, sort of mindset. Um, and on the other hand, I, th- I think that's, that it's important that, that you see, um, people who do achieve results um sometimes they do you know you could use the word quit or or maybe you could use the phrase re-choose you know they they re-choose uh what they're going to be doing or you know shifting the focus from one project or initiative or goal uh to another you know sometimes people keep pursuing something for for too long so i think those are you know kind of nuts and bolts uh traits or or habits that um successful people use but i also think that uh to me it's really important to to remember again that you know being successful in some area it's it's not something that that you're just born with it's it's something that you uh can grow into and can 
learn and can, uh, you know, build upon along the way. That, that includes uh, oftentimes putting yourself out there and achieving success or putting yourself out there and taking risk and failing. I, I think that's probably a one key attribute that most successful people have is, is they failed many times along the way and, and they're not afraid to fail again. And I think that goes back, especially, you know, you look at the, the social media age and everything's public. A lot of people are, are afraid to take a risk because you've, you've put yourself out there and you've uh, made it public. And um, I think it's important to remember that, that failure is, uh, is part of the deal along the way. Um, I'm, I'm really a big fan of uh, the growth mindset. You've probably talked about that on the podcast. That's probably something that, that many uh, listeners are uh, familiar with. There's a great book uh, by Dweck called Mindset, and it's, it, it's that idea of uh, focusing on getting better. And I think that's a um, you know, huge piece of, of success. Uh, I talk about that in, in my book, uh, an athlete named Mike Closer. He's another guy from uh, Vail who started his career as a world champion mountain biker. You know, so here he is on, on the literally the best in the world. And uh, as, as that mountain biking career ended, he, he got into adventure racing, which of course, and you're very familiar with, and, and I'm sure you know of Mike. You maybe met him along the way. And, uh, you know, he, he just, even though he had been been and was the best in the world this guy man he just kept focusing on getting better getting better getting better and he was still winning races you know mike and i uh were racing together when he was in his 50s you know we're doing these international races against the best teams around the world and you know mike still had this focus on getting better how can we tweak things how can we change things and and for me that was just really cool to uh to to see someone who who had that constant focus on improvement I actually just did an adventure race this weekend and the average age, our combined age of our team was 204 years old or 208 years old. <laughs> it's, it's, I was yep. the youngest guy at 45, put it that way. And yeah, yeah. It was, we, we, ended, we ended up fourth. We weren't too far off the, the top teams that were there. And it was, uh, you know, I think, experience. But also, like you said, it's the hunger to always keep getting better and better. And these guys have raced all over the world and sort of the same thing. And it's like, all right, how do we – you know, how do we get our equipment dialed in better or how do we get our nav dialed in better or you know, that type of stuff. It's, it's never, you're always learning something or you're learning what you didn't bring with you <laughs> that you wish you did yep. and, and yep. vice versa, right? Those little things actually make the biggest difference in the world. Um, yeah. it's, it's really what it is. And I think as a lot of people, like you said, it's, it's that quest for getting better and it can be done at, 13 or nine or 90. Um, my mother's taking, she's at 70 years old, taking class, nutrition classes at the local state college. It's like, you know, just keep your yep. mind working and keep it going. Yep. You yeah. know, it's, it's, so you've been in the coaching business, the teaching, you know, you were a teacher before moved into the coaching yep. business. And right now it seems the coaching business is becoming, you know, very mature quickly. And, but the way that you're doing, you're being a bit of a disruptor. Now, where do you see the vision and, you know, how will you continue to try to disrupt and where do you think the coaching business will go? Well, um, I mean, I think, where's it going to go? Who, who knows? I, I, I think that, you know, my experience is, is that people have seen uh, a lot of benefit from 
working with an athletic coach, you know, just like you would a, a business coach or a business mentor within a corporation, for example. I, I just think there's a huge benefit from learning to someone who's learning from someone who's been there, uh, you know, learning from someone who can tell an athlete when to push and honestly, uh, often when to hold back. I think there's a lot of athletes that are um, overdoing it in, in training or, or unsure about, you know, I live in Indiana and I want to come out and do Leadville 100. Well, what, what's that going to take? And it's, it's a scary proposition and, and it is, you know, a tough puzzle to figure out. And some people end up overtraining and, and doing, uh, doing too much. So I think one, maybe one way that, that we've, Two things different uh, with Macy Endurance Coaching. It's, it's myself. And I have one other uh, coach, Randy Erholtz, in the company. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the disruption, if you will, is, um, you know, we kind of do a little bit more than just the programming. I, th- I think that some um, coaches or, or companies, you know, have a, a focus on we're, we're going to give you the, the programming and, you know, the workout recommendations and then say, go and talk to us again in six weeks or something like that. And I I like to see it as more of a whole person approach, which is very similar to when I, when I was in the classroom as a, as a teacher, Uh, you know, one thing you learn very quickly is every student needs something different. You know, they come in with a different readiness level they're going to benefit from communication uh, in different ways and, and even um, benefit from content or curriculum that's delivered in different ways. And I think that's the same with, with coaching an athlete. You know, I have a lot of people who do the uh, Leadville 100 run or, you know, the Leadman series, which is a combination of the biking and running. And they're all doing the, the same events, but no one is doing the exact same training program because it's all got to be personalized to how old are you? What's your background? What have you done before? And, and what does your life look like day to day? Um, you know, what's, what does it look like with, with your business and your family and your schedule? And where are you? And how can we utilize, if you, again, if you live in Indiana or, or Chicago or wherever, how, how can we utilize what's around you to prepare you to uh, finish a, a challenging mountain race? So I, I really like it. I mean, I, I you know, I, I always tell people I get to spend my day talking to people who I like about something I'm really interested in. And that's, uh, that's a, a pretty good deal. You know, that's the I, dream. And I still, yeah, I, I, I get to be a teacher, which I, which I continue to love. And I mean, I would honestly, I'd much rather teach someone to, uh, to run a hundred miles than to, uh, you know, understand Shakespeare, which, I like, but honestly, I don't love. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think I think what you've nailed a little bit on the head is, you know, being the personalized approach, right, versus just reading a article in Runner's World magazine or a lot of other coaches. Just they treat everyone the same, and I think that's what makes you different. And you know, from what you had written in your book and everything, I think understanding that it's almost like personalized medicine, right? It's like personalized coaching. I think in careers in the business world, you're almost going to start seeing the same thing. It's going to be, all right, how is this going to personally, how are you going to be able to perform the best way that you can um, in your job? And it's going to become very personal because that's really the only way to get 
the ultimate high performance out of someone when you can focus on focus on their strengths instead of here, let's focus on your weakness. Yeah. You always want to focus on your weakness, but let's really exploit your strengths of what can and what you can and can't do. Yeah, I think so. And I I would also, you know, I think something that, that Brandy and I really value in our daily practice is communication and, and, and empowerment. And I think that's a really important role of coach, whether this is, uh, again, you know, maybe you're a manager, you're managing your team, or, you know, maybe, maybe you are the mentor to uh, someone who's coming up within your company um, is, is helping that person believe in themselves is, is just uh, so, so important. And, and that's got to happen through little bits of, of uh, communication along the way and, and, uh, you know, celebrating the victories and, and oftentimes, you know, helping, helping them through, you know, some, someone does a race and, uh, you know, maybe they don't live up to expectations. Things, things happen out there and, and, you know, helping them uh, figure, figure that out. Exactly. Exactly. And some of it, it's, it's learning, right? Do you, do you ever really fail or do you just learn? I think you just learn what not to do. It's easy because yeah. we grew up in yep. the world of school, right? You failed this class. Well, you learn that yep. you're not yep. good at English and that you <laughs> need to figure out how to yep. become better at English or math or geometry, right? Are you really failing or are you just learning yeah. what you should and shouldn't be doing? I think it's a new, you know, if you take that perspective, it's a completely different world. Absolutely. What would you, what advice would you give someone who's overcoming adversity, right? You were talking about a lot of athletes that are overtraining. They're probably dealing with injury or, um, yep. you know, dealing with family issues, but they really want to get, you know, reach their goals. What about, how do you handle, or how do you teach people how to handle adversity and some of this stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, in, in this one, uh, I, I would say, uh, out of all the things I talk about, whether it's speaking or, or in my book, you know, it, it, it resonates with me personally, not, not that I've had some, you know, incredible ad- adversity to, to overcome, but I think that we all battle uh, negative stories in our heads. You know, we all have this, this script that's, uh, that's playing in the head. And, you know, in the, in the book, I, I call it bad stories, good stories, the ones you tell yourself make all the difference. And I think a really important first step is is to uh you know sit down and look at these thoughts that are going through and you know it's almost a you know zen type of of activity to to recognize okay these thoughts are going through and recognizing them as thoughts that we can choose to believe or not to believe and once you've made that distinction and that decision hopefully you're empowered to work towards, well, which, which ones do I want to believe and, and which ones uh, don't I want to believe? So I think that that mindset is, is huge. You know, what, moving forward, may, maybe you do something that's, that's going to prove to you that, uh, you know, that, that the good thoughts, the positive stories are true. You know, you talk about racing. Well, sometimes it's just getting back up and, and doing uh, another race. Um, sometimes it's waiting, it's giving it some time, you know, especially you think about ultra running or Ironman or something like that, you know, someone goes out and and they have, they have a wonderful race and the next day they're at home on the computer 
I got to do another one of these and, and next week. This was so awesome. And I just got to have this experience again. You know, that's, that's a great feeling to have, but next week might be a little too soon or, you know, two weeks away might be too soon. And, and then you also have the other side, you know, someone has a, a poor race, you know, maybe nutrition is off or, you know, you, you didn't quite plan for something or, you know, you were a little sick or, or whatever. And, and then you think, Oh man, I got to make up for this. And again, you're at home and boy, I gotta, I gotta do this one again next week or two weeks away or, or three weeks away. So sometimes the, the recommendation is, is just having a little patience uh, and, and trusting the process and, um, you know, one phrase I've heard that I kind of like repeating is, is, uh, you know, keeping your, um, keeping your eye on the prize, but keeping your focus on the process. And, uh, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves with that, with that eye on the prize, uh, too much. And, uh, you know, another good, good quote that I, that I like is, is, uh, when you get to the end of your rope, um, tie a knot and hang on. And sometimes that's... <laughs> Sometimes that's what it takes in, uh, you know, you're, you're facing adversity or, or I, I that, that's one that goes through my head that empowers me sometimes with, with parenting. You know, I think anyone who's, who's a parent and, you know, raising kids of, of any age, you know, you have, you have infants, you have young children, you have teenagers, you know, there, there's, um, incredible, uh, positive moments and incredible challenges at any of those ages. And, you know, parenting is one of those things that, man, you are, you are in it. And, you know, often there's, there's not a break and, and things are un- unrelenting. And sometimes you do just, you just got to hang on because, because you don't have a choice and you have to be there and you have to, to do your best. Right. No, it's, it's huge. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, sometimes that's all it takes is just hang on and survive. Right. Is really yep. what it, you know, and it goes into, so if you hit a recession, right, or you hit this or you hit that, and no matter what you do, sometimes you just have to go along for the ride and, and be patient. Yep. And, and, and it's hard, right? It's hard for athletes. It's hard for type A personalities because we're always just trying to, to force the issue, but some things you can't force. You can't force nature. You can't force the economy. Yep. You can't force this. And sometimes you just have to realize, sit back and say, hey, let's take advantage of it for what it is. Yeah. That's, you know, Ken, that's one of the things I really love about the, uh, you know, a little bit more loosey-goosey off-road sort of sports, whether it's ultra running, adventure racing is, is an awesome example, you know, the winter multi-sport stuff uh, that you guys do out east or, you know, the, the Tuckerman's Ravine or, you know, similar stuff around here in the West. What I really like about these is um, shit's going to happen something is going to happen. And you, you know, sometimes we know what it is, you know, there's, there's going to be a problem with weather or nutrition or gear or navigation, you know, maybe it's going to be one of those, but it might be something else. And and you got to think on your feet and you got to figure things out as you go. And and I, that really attracts me uh, beyond the challenges of a marathon or an Ironman or, you know, a road triathlon where you could, you, in those sports, you could have the perfect race, you know, everything could go according to plan and you could really nail it. And, you know, you're going to go out and run a hundred miles. Well, your perfect race is still going to be full of adversity. Some of it expected and some of it unexpected. And 
I think that that's the life, you know, you're going to go through and things can go really well and hopefully they will. And even in that context, you're going to have some adversity that you might expect or that you might not expect. And hopefully you've done some hard things by choice so that when you face these, these challenges that are not by choice, you've got a little bit more resilience and empowerment and tools that you can uh, pull out your tool belt and, and use. Oh, we had the issue this weekend. I was telling you, we just did an adventure race and it was up in Maine and it was the first weekend. It was in the eighties and nineties all year. It was two weeks ago, it was in the forties and we had one yeah. guy just cramping like he's, you know, never is cramped before in his life. And it wasn't yep. that he did anything wrong. It was just that the heat came on so fast. He hadn't really been training in it. And you know, it's one of those things you can't control. And how do we get through yeah. this and how do we handle it? And, you know, by the time you know, all we kept saying, get the nighttime, get the nighttime, because then it's going to cool <laughs> yep. off or, yep. you know, get in the water and cool your core off because those are the little things that, that you got to think about. Or you, like you said, inevitably something's going to go wrong. It could be the perfect Ironman. You get a flat tire on your bike or you're doing a crit yep. and the guy crashes in front of you or something like that. Right. It's that Absolutely. stuff. And I think that's what a lot of people who listen to this are actually attracted to right is to to go into those things where there is a little bit of an unknown and like you were saying some of the races that we do is i think that's what attracts us to it is that unknown of what can go wrong and how can we figure it out absolutely it's, i agree uh, now what do you think you know you're around athletes you're around professionals all the time you're coaching them what role does athletics or health and wellness play in you know in the office or on the, you know, on the trading floor for professional success? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. And I think probably most listeners would, would agree that, you know, if you take from the base level, just health and wellness, and, and that's both physical health and mental health, when, when those things are in place, a person is, is just so much better as a professional in, in any field. So I think there, you know, there's that base level uh, connection, but, it, but then I think you would also see who knows what the, what the stats are, but I mean, I would say there's, there's gotta be a large percentage of, of people who've risen to the top in in their field who are currently athletes or were athletes or, you know, spend time with uh, with physical fitness, I think there's the, the the physical gains of that of just having energy and, and vitality and uh, you know positive energy for uh, for your day. And, and then again, like I said, there's just so much to be learned from uh, athletics. And you know, in, in this case, especially endurance sports, where you're taking on a big unknown challenge that's going to have a lot of variables and going to have things happen then you, you go through stuff like that and, and you're going to be so much better to better prepared to handle the, the inevitable adversity of, of uh, you know, your professional field, whatever, whatever that may be. Um, I mean, I would say the vast majority, mo most of my clients are, are men and women aged 40 to 60 who, uh, you know, this is the athletic clients who are well-established in a, in a career, but they, they still want to, go hard and do as well as they can 
out there on the race course, whether that means, you know, hitting a podium or, or podium in the age group or, or for many people, especially, you know, hundred milers, that kind of stuff, just finishing, I mean, is a, is a huge accomplishment. Um, but, but the point is, you know, I think that the people who are drawn to these sports are also the same kind of people who, who are drawn to, uh, to being successful professionally. So I think there's a, there's a huge overlap. You know, I think of two, two guys I'm coaching, uh, this summer for, um, Ledman and, you know, they're, they're traders in New York city. I mean, they are living a, you know, big time, uh, work hours and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I can imagine a lot of people who live in New York city would say, Oh, well, I'd love to do, you know, something like Ledman, but I, I live in New York city and there's no way I can do it. And, you know, these guys <laughs> said, hell yeah, we're going to do it and we're going to figure it out. And, you know, we're going to work with someone who's been there and, and can help us and man they're they're killing it so far and it's been a blast to work with them awesome awesome now what would you tell a budding athlete or master's athlete that's really looking to get to the next step in performance you know what would you tell them well i mean i think on that question there's i would I wouldn't give the same answer to every person, right? So, you know, if, if someone was, was like, Hey, you know, I want to get to the next level or I'm thinking about, you know, working with you as a coach or what should I do? I mean, I, th- I think the next step is a fairly lengthy conversation and questions and, you, you know, survey and learning all kinds of stuff of, well, what, what are you doing? What have you done before? What, uh, what does, uh, what does the next level mean? Um, and, and it could be, you know, there's, there's just so many different areas that we can focus training, you know, let's say we have someone maybe who has a lot of road bike experience and they're, you know, a fit experienced rider who can, you know, knock out century rides and, you know, they've done some road racing, they're a strong climber, sprinter, whatever. And maybe the next level for them is they want to do the Leadville 100 mountain bike race. Well, you know, in that case, it's like, well, you know, you've got the fitness, you know how to ride in a group, you know how to chase the wheel, but for you, the next level is going to be technical mountain biking. So, you know, here's what we're going to do to, uh, you know, to do that. Um, we could, we could take another person, maybe they've, you know, a lot of my clients, like maybe they've done some road marathons or they've, you know, they've done road marathons and they've done, they've done Ironman, but the next level is, uh, doing a hundred mile mountain running race well in in that case we're going to add in training uh you know both mentally and physically and with regard to to gear nutrition hydration things that are specific to uh running a completing a a mountain running race so you know that's going to be running up the hill and downhill working on specificities of that sport uh you know like you you said if it's race in the heat well we're gonna have to simulate that some way if it's a race in the cold if it's uh you know you're gonna be going overnight well you know if you've done you know can you've been out there overnight a ton like you probably don't think twice about it but right. for a lot of people who you know if you've never been outside in the woods especially alone in the middle of the night like that could be really uncomfortable and that's a, a sport specific skill that we're gonna have to work on so um you know i guess the a short answer there would would be specificity let's look at the the event or the challenge that you're going to be taking on and see okay what of that is familiar to you what are you comfortable with 
and what what is going to be new that, that we can uh, improve with. And sometimes it's it's uh, you know pure fitness based of just getting stronger and faster. But many times, even in these endurance sports, there's very sport specific uh, skills, and that could be you know again a skill like technical running or biking, or it could be a skill like managing the correct gear, packing the correct gear eating and drinking the right things at the right time. You know, these are all things that, uh, that you might work on. No, perfect. And I think that's key is that specificity is I think we become so generalized and the specific, the specificity, if you become one, you know, even if you could become 10% better in one thing, that's going to make a huge difference for you down the road. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So in closing, we're here hitting, you know, over 30 minutes, but, a few rapid fire questions like that fun with. So yeah. What, okay. <laughs> what's your favorite piece of gear? Favorite piece of gear. Uh, man, you know, there's, there's so many, I mean, a, a lot of great things I've had from sponsors over the years, you, you know, right now I'm in the winter, I'm loving ski mountaineering. Um, so, you know, just that whole, the, a, a ski mountaineering race setup, I guess would be, my favorite piece of gear. I've had some of these great, you know, the uh, Hagen skis. I mean, they're lightweight carbon skis that you can go really fast uphill on and still survive the downhills. And, you know, the boots and bindings have come a long way. And uh, it's just been a, a great sport for me. I've, I've really enjoyed it because I'm I'm not that good at it, at, you know, at least compared to the top guys. And it's been fun to just continually get better. No, that's... I do one capital gear buy a year and that's going to be my 2018 capital gear buy is a ski mountaineer and setup like that. I've got, you know, more yeah, heavy backcountry stuff, but something light like that looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The race stuff, it, it really is incredible. And, you know, I mean, you, you babe, it, you know, it's, it's not a heavyweight, like you said, backcountry setup that'll sustain anything. So it will get banged up and, you know, you're, I always chuckle because, you know, we, we, we baby all the, the gear and training and at home and stuff. And then you get in these races and inevitably there's, there's rocks and, you know, there's roots and all kinds of stuff. And you're just trashing, you know, it's like your nice mountain bike that, that you totally take care of. And then you get on the race course and you're flinging it all over the place. Yeah. Once, once the racing starts, doesn't matter what gear you're on. It's, it's yeah. racing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Do you follow any specific diet at all? Uh, you know, not, not too much. I, I have, especially the last few years, I was, had been really focused on ultra running. And, and I toyed with, uh, you know, a um, high fat, lower carbohydrate diet uh, to, to improve uh, metabolic efficiency and, you know, higher um, fat burning at, at, at higher work rates. And for me, for, for long distance, uh, races, you know, something like ultra running or maybe even Ironman where, you know, you're not going to be in a zone where, where you're really hammering, uh, you know, adventuration would be another good example. I think there's really something to be, be said for that, you know, encouraging the body to, uh, to burn more fat as fuel, uh, during racing, um, you know, so a bit of that, you know, the, very recently I've been going back to a little bit more short distance uh, mountain bike racing. And like I said, the schemo and, you know, for those in, in the races, you're, you're going really hard, you know, pretty much redlining it. 
uh, at least at times. And, you know, my understanding from, from personal experience, but also from, you know, reading, learning, talking to experts, I, I think you do need um, some carbs for, uh, for that. Um, overall, I, you know, eat a lot of vegetables, uh, you know, try not to eat too much stuff that comes from wrappers. Um, I do eat meat. I, I especially like uh, wild game meat and try to get as much of that as I can. Um, I've gotten into hunting the last couple of years, so um, I haven't gotten an elk yet, but I, you know, if I can, if I can get an elk, maybe this fall, you know, that, that provides a great supply of, of organic grass fed meat that, you know, is uh, sustainable and healthy. And, you know, one elk can feed your family for quite some time. No, oh, it's crazy. It is. And what's the best adventure you've been on? Oh man, best adventure. You know, I've, I've been lucky to do all kinds of stuff all around the world, whether it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I remember adventure racing in Abu Dhabi. That was, that was absolutely, uh, incredible. I've really loved biking and running in the Alps and been, been able to go there a whole bunch. I mean, but w w when you said best adventure, I guess, you know, what came to mind for, for me was, was just family and, and parenting, you know, that, that really, to me, that that is the best. It's definitely an adventure. <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. But but I think that uh, you know, I guess to me, that's that's an adventure. That's an adventure every oh, no. single day in my house. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, and my kids just got out of school yesterday, so or two days ago, so they're home, and I'm been working from home this week. And yes, it certainly yep. is an adventure. I can tell you that. Ooh, there you go. Yep. So tell where can people find you? online yeah. your book uh, tell yeah, us a little bit about that is, uh travismacy.com uh that's m-a-c-y you know i got the um book is on there the uh, online course that you mentioned contact is on there um, i'm on most of the social media uh things with with at travis macy i've kind of been doing uh mostly instagram these days and i seem to i'm, I'm lucky to go nice places and you know, I'm not really into social media too much, but it's pretty easy to take a picture of some cool mountains and put that on there. So perfect, 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 perfect. Well, Travis, thank you for being part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. And I think some of the advice you're giving is awesome. It's really from, I know after reading your book and you know, we've got some mutual friends, it's really from firsthand experience. So great to, uh, Great to have you on. And again, to all the listeners, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to me at Ken at executiveathletes.com. And again, Travis, thanks once again. Well, Ken, thanks so much. It's, it's uh, been a pleasure and uh, great, to, um, great to be part of the, the community, like I said. Perfect. Thank you.